Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Buoyancy is the story of a Cambodian teenager sold into forced labor on a Thai fishing boat. It's a passionate testimony against social injustice and a moving coming-of-age tale about a boy whose humanity is put to the test. Chakra works in, a, in the rice fields with his family. He yearns for independence and seeks out a local broker who can get him paid work in a Thai factory. Without telling his family, Chakra travels to Bangkok to make his fortune. And that is the beginning of what is a remarkable story. And it's a story that is in many ways ripped from today's headlines. It's a story of human trafficking, uh, cruelty, and not all that uncommon, unfortunately, in the uh, fishing industry in Southeast Asia. The film, again, is called Buoyancy, and we're joined today by the screenwriter and the director, and that would be Rod Rathjen. Rod, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I mentioned in the introduction that the story that that is portrayed in Buoyancy is not all that uncommon, but what inspired you to turn this into a feature film, your first feature film? Yeah, I mean, uh, initially I I was reading about what was happening um, in Southeast Asia with with the modern slavery uh, in the fishing industry, and, um, you know, these testimonies from um, survivors were kind of unimaginable, the cruelty and trauma and torture, murder that um, so many had experienced, you know, and I, and I felt, you know, a real empathy for them because this issue has actually been going on for decades and, um, you know, there just hasn't been that much exposure, you know, around what's been happening over there. So, you know, I, I felt, you know, that it would be a, it would be a great, you know, film to make and bring more exposure to the issue and um, really try and give these guys a voice um, that, that they kind of hadn't had before. You know, making the film was, you know, obviously I'm an outsider coming in, so we wanted to be as informed as possible and make the film as authentic as possible. So the process of making the film started with interviewing a lot of survivors, you know, about their experiences and exposure and what had happened to them and friends. And so, yeah, that's where it started. And it's a long process making a film. And, and now we're here talking about it. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Is there something that the character of Chakra embodies in terms of his sort of his age, his where he came from, that is a dis- distillation of the kind of people that are pulled into this? Or what is it about his character that sort of embodies what you were what you're hoping to accomplish in the film? You know, we want to do a lot of things with the film and a lot of children, you know, migrate looking for work at his age and even younger, which is, you know, he's 14 in the film. And, you know, there were stories of 11-year-olds, you know, uh, being caught up on trawlers. And you can imagine in that world and that environment, there's a hierarchy on board the trawlers amongst the enslaved workers too. And those kids were just subjected to kind of immense cruelty and torture and you know so many have lost their lives as well so yeah I think it was important for me to you know have a character that was at a very impressionable age you know a 14 year old kind of on the cusp of manhood trying to tell this story with 
when you're enslaved in this world and and I also wanted to look at you know the captain uh, and how you can be kind of become so capable of that inhumanity and brutality and their relationship between the captain and and, and chakra is critical in kind of exploring that and hopefully through a lens through the captain you see what chakra could become if he doesn't escape get off and you know he could turn into this kind of monster so it was really important to explore and express these things you know at that kind of impressionable impressionable age of a, of a teenager it was also like a lot of kids migrate so it was important for the authenticity of the film that this that this actually obviously happens as well and then how he's the challenge for him to retain his humanity after being exposed to this kind of immense level of brutality was kind of a question that that we really wanted to ask i really admire the way that you were able to capture what is really the the central relationship in the in the film buoyancy is between chakra and uh, Ramran, who is the uh, the captain, and how that, in very subtle ways, escalates over the period of time that they're on the boat together. And this is a difficult dance to be done. You'd be able to essentially, in the in terms of the captain, the character, but also uh, the actor uh, as well, to be able to almost imperceptibly be able to uh, be this as you said, monster, cruel, uh, harsh, sadistic. And yet over the course of the film, you see in many ways the dynamics start to change. And there's one particular scene, in my opinion, where there, you can almost see that relationship really take a, a left turn. And I thought it was just handled beautifully. And I, I guess what, I, what I'm asking is in terms of that subtle change in in the in the dynamic of those two characters how how do you go about sort of getting it because this is under i i don't think i've talked about this enough if at all this was filmed on a boat you've mentioned trawler so these are these are difficult conditions to be uh to be shooting in but uh just a little bit about that sort of dynamic between those two characters and what you're hoping to achieve yeah i think um you know what you're saying is 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 spot on like we wanted the tension to escalate you know as kind of chakra realizes he's not actually going to get off this boat he's holding on to the hope that he's going to you know pay off his debt which comes from debt bondage which is a very common thing you know in southeast asia where you know he's never really gonna um when he realizes he's never really going to pay that off and that he's trapped on this trawler kind of forever unless he does something about it you know, the, the point of escalation about what he does when that realisation kind of happens, it, it kind of moves, you know, quite quickly from there. And, um, you know, he's seeing all these things happen around him that, you know, are incredibly tragic and brutal and, and sad. And so, you know, he's got to work out what he wants to do. And, you know, the cap, Romran, the captain kind of, in a sense, sees himself, you know, in Chakra and what he's been through and kind of, chips away at him in grooming him almost to become what what he is as well so for me it wasn't just about making a film where we have these kind of one-dimensional bad guys you know i really wanted to explore how these captains you know become capable of such brutality and inhumanity and um and yeah so that the process of kind of grooming kind of takes place and but obviously chakra realizes you know this is happening and still wants to escape and so you know things escalate and the tension comes from that 
Um, so yeah, it's a very important relationship and, you know, the subtleties with it, you know, is important because there isn't much kind of dialogue in the film. So, right. you know, it's, it's getting into the kind of psyche of the character and watching him kind of evolve as, as the kind of narratives escalating and, and hopefully the audience is asking, you know, what is he, what is he capable of and what is he going to do next to kind of get out of this situation? Before we talk about uh, Chakra, the the actor uh, Sam Hang, who who plays him, portrays him, the scene that I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to give uh, too much detail because I want the audience to uh, to really in, in experience the same way I did. But it comes at a at a point a particularly brutal event occurs, and there's a kind of a staring match between the two of them, and the who flinches first is is the important thing in this and i think in that moment for me watching it i felt as as if uh, rumran saw himself for a second it, it's just a it's a powerful part of the film <clears throat> and yeah. i really think it pays off yeah their relationship's critical to um to the film obviously and um i'm glad that you that you felt that you know on the journey and um it was also really important to have you know a, a strong courageous character you know as the point of view um of the story and um yeah chakra and sami who who played him just you know incredible strength i mean sami i thought when we were casting the film you know i thought we would need you know to cast an older kind of teenager with more kind of lived experience i mean sami was only 14 and some of the things i was asking him to do emotionally places to go to in the film like incredibly dark places um you know it was he just he had so much lived experience already as a 14 I, I mean he was he was kind of adopted as a street kid you know when he was two years old by this NGO in Sam Reap called Green Gecko an incredibly talented and uninhibited performer you know and um yeah it was, well, he had training was, he is training as an actor or no 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 he's just no no he's just um you know just a kid you know he's a 14 year old kid yeah yeah so he was kind of he did a little bit of stunt work on Angelina Jolie's film First They Killed My Father, but um but yeah, nothing nothing kind of you know on this level. <laughs> I mean what we're what I was asking of him was a lot, you know, as a as a as a kind of performer and he just inhibited the character so yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the writer, screenwriter, and director of this terrific new film called Buoyancy, and uh, that would be Rod Rathjen, and it will be out, uh, coming out on September 11th uh, through Kino Lorber, and it's going to be on their virtual marquee, Kino Marquee, which is their virtual theater release. Be looking for this. Well, you touched on the casting, and which, uh, yeah, absolutely, that was critical. Tell me a little bit about shooting, sort of the logistics of the, the shoot for you. Was it all on the trawler? How did, or where, what sort of the, because you're at sea a lot. It looks like you're way the hell out there. I know that's probably not exactly right, but it looks like you spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah, logistically challenging shooting, shooting on a boat. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't have the budget to shoot in a studio, but. Um, How large of a crew did you have? That's a good question. I, I mean, I would say that when we were doing the filming on the boat, there was, I don't know, it kind of varied at times, but kind of somewhere between 60 and 80 people. Oh my. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not all on the boat at the same time. We had like a, uh, a barge boat that we'd ferry people to and from and like catering and stuff set up on this huge barge that we'd come, you know, 
go out filming and then come back. And yeah, it was quite challenging. I mean, some people got seasick and uh, <laughs> I mean, we're shooting on a, re- at a really beautiful location though, down in, down off the coast of um, Sihanoukville in Cambodia. So um, yeah, it was challenging, but you know, um, shooting on water, it's just slow. It's just yeah. very, it's a very slow process, you know, and you, you're subject to the weather conditions, you know, the sun and, you know, cloud and getting lighting continuity right. And and then you've got, you know, obviously waves depending on how far you go out. So we're trying to shoot in as a protected area as we could um, so that we weren't, um, you know, getting disturbed too much by all those all those kind of challenges. But, but yeah, it was, I mean, for me, it wasn't as hard as what I think we imagined it was going to be just almost impossible, but we, we managed to get through. So it wasn't as hard as probably what we were all expecting. Well, and you get that, that look, that authenticity that yeah has, which obviously an important element yeah. to all of that. So I want to talk about what any great film has to have is the post-production part of it. The editing is terrific in the film. I really like the pace of the film. Um, and I also liked uh, something in particular, the sound, the sound design. And talk about some of those sort of film uh, elements that went into this because uh, there's, there isn't a lot of dialogue, as you said, but you, so you need to fill in that sort of that sense of auditory sense yeah. that we crave in a film. And tell us a little bit about what went into your thinking on that. I was really fortunate. I was working, um, firstly, my editor, Graham Pereira, who's just incredible. And, um, you know, a lot of credit should go to him for the rhythm and pacing of the film and um, just in ensuring that the emotional beats are, are, are paced well and that the story escalates and yeah in the at the right kind of rate um, and then you know I was really fortunate to work with who I consider the best kind of sound designer in Australia um, in Sam Petty and he he just you know you know brought the world alive and and also Lawrence English who composed um, for the film you know the the kind of score and you know putting you know the audience in that kind of emotional space of the point of view of chakra i think you know is critical in kind of shaping his his journey in the film so you know just really fortunate to work with amazing people and collaborating with them um you know obviously you know was 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 really great and and glad that you felt that way about the I mean not many people talk about the sound and the score and the that that the kind of editing process in the film but so much credit should should go to those guys because you know they really you know just brought so much to 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 that to that side of the film I'm a real believer in in sound sound design and editing editing is like the the make it or break it part of a film for me I mean, you can have a fantastic looking film, which it does. Your film looks great. You can have all the elements, but if you can't get the, you know, a certain rhythm, a certain kind of what you're looking for in terms of your filmmaking um, in a good edit, then you really kind of shot yourself in the foot. And then the sound is one of those secret sauce things that you need in a film to really pull people into emotional cues. There are a lot of things that are going on in the film without a lot of dialogue. It's, yeah. it's usually the case that you need those kinds of things. Through. Yeah, it, t- it takes on extra significance when, um, you know, there's not much dialogue and, um, you know, you're trying to um, engage an audience with a point of view and, and move them, you know, with the journey of, of 
of Chakra in this film. Um, yeah, so again, I was just really fortunate to work with great people. In the last couple of minutes, I want to talk about one of the reasons, the, probably the main reason why you made this film, uh, which is about shining a light on this, the plight of truly millions of people in Southeast Asia and around the world. Human trafficking, slavery is an ill that I think a lot of people in the West assumed was a thing of the past. That a lot of we fought civil wars over it. There were a lot of things that, that, that you would give, give you reason to think that this was some, something that was in our rearview mirror in terms of human uh, relationships, how we take, how we think of each other, but it's not. It's getting. It seems to me, from the outside looking in, it seems like it's actually getting worse as as industrialization and and all these different economic forces around the world are are really pressing down on extraction of resources. You're getting more and more of this as an issue. Is that? Am I correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The whole the whole reason for making the film. I mean, I don't. The film's not trying to provide solutions but it's just kind of trying to express what's at stake here you know if if we don't kind of uh, do something about it you know and um, you know the film is set in Southeast Asia but human trafficking and modern slavery is happening all around the world and uh, I think it's critical that we from the West in particular that we're more aware of what's happening and you know put in place things that we can you know um, do and be aware of to to kind of counteract it and you know thai thailand was issued with a yellow card for their human rights practices in the fishing industry specifically you know a few years ago and um it came about because of a lot of the journalism that was that was put out and people becoming more aware of what was going on there and so they they were forced to implement you know a number of measures to try and you know stop this and so i think things you know a film's not gonna you know reach everyone or you know potentially have a, a have a dramatic impact but, but the more we do and the more exposure there is around it i think it's gonna it's gonna help in some way one other thing about human trafficking slavery is that i say that we here in america fought a civil war over it it's happening on our borders on a regular basis mm. and it's also a source of so much dirty money around it's a money sources for organized crime gangs what you name it governments as well profit over over um this into an incredible degree and as you said you know unlikely that one film is going to change that perception or change how we treat each other but it is it is a, a brick to be placed in a wall yeah. to to construct in in stopping this and uh this, this is there's no excuse there's no moral justification at all anywhere that I know of for it, although it does, they do refer to it in the Bible, actually, that I say that. But nonetheless, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a human rights, it's a, it's a no-brainer human rights issue. And why it's still as prevalent as it is, is, is shocking, actually. Yeah, it's, it's sad. And um, yeah, as I said, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good kind of um, analogy, one brick. And, you know, hopefully... You know, there's, you know, more films made about marginalized minorities and, you know, the people that are really vulnerable. And um, for me, in particular with this is that, you know, specifically about, you know, um, Southeast Asia is that this form of kind of modern slavery has been going on for decades and there just really hasn't been much awareness around it. And, um, and of course, without awareness, the the kind of lacks it lacks this ability to change things so for us it's just kind of you know trying to 
trying to kind of contribute and, and give these guys a voice. Yeah. Well, the film again is called Buoyancy and uh, um, it is uh, going to be a, it's going to be released in virtual cinema release on September 11th. So be looking for this. It's uh, being distributed through Kino Lorber, uh, one of the premier platforms for independent films and filmmakers. And uh, this is no exception. This is a terrific film. By the way, uh, it's won some awards. It's the Australian uh, Oscar entry. Last year. For last year. Congratulations yeah. on that. Uh, I would oh, only, yeah, I, I have to assume that this, this film has, is leading you into some, some new projects and, and uh, exciting work for you in the, moving forward with your career as a filmmaker. Congratulations on all of it. And come back. You have an open invitation <laughs> to come back when, with another project. So. Thank you very much. It's been a, been a pleasure talking to you about it. Thank you. Again, the film is called Buoyancy. We've been talking with the screenwriter and the director, Rod Rathchen. Rod, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.